If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. I just said three, like the owl in the Tootsie Roll Pop commercial. Does anybody know that one? Ha <laughs> ha! Number 23, there is not a lot of meetings for that number, but I did some research and I came across a couple. One of them is not good. I'm just going to tell you, in the negative, the number 23 represents death. Dun, dun, dun. But listen... If you're seeing 23s and that's actually applicable because something's dying in your life or God is putting something to death, that's not that negative. It can also, in the positive, mean being in the presence of God, which we love. And I also think of Psalm 23. This just kept coming up to me. That really is being in the presence of God. It is being in the presence of the shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. He leads us. He heals us and restores our soul. He prepares a table for us. So that to me is the most positive interpretation that you can get from 23. But again, however God is using 23s in your life is unique to you. I had a friend the other day ask about 23 and I sensed that 2 plus 3 being 5 and 5 being the number of grace was actually what God was saying over her life in the moment in the context. It felt like 5 was the most appropriate interpretation. So You are learning, you are growing and breathing underwater. I'm going to just let you ask the Holy Spirit how to interpret. But those are a couple tidbits for you. Welcome to episode 23 of Breathing Underwater. My name is Margot. I am the host of the show. I'm glad that you're here today. We are talking about five mistakes that we make with our dreams and how to remedy those mistakes. Now, another way to phrase this, I would say, is five reasons that we disregard our dreams as well. They kind of go in tandem. And these five are certainly not exhaustive, but these are the most common that I experience when I'm coaching with people or I'm teaching or I'm in an arena where we're talking about dream life and people are even wanting to take steps towards stewarding their dreams. And the first 
mistake or the first hindrance that I see people come up against, and it is number one for a reason, it's always partnering with fear. There is this weird fear that we don't really want to know what our dream means, that we're afraid it's something bad or it means something that we don't want it to mean. And this is understandable to a degree because a lot of the stuff we see in our dreams is weird and can sometimes feel negative. But the amount of times that I have seen a dream that someone is afraid to have interpreted turn out to actually have a really positive and powerful meaning, it is the vast majority of the time. Vast majority. The people that come to me are like, I, I've been really troubled by this dream. I'm, I'm really afraid to know, is there something that I need to do? Is something bad coming? And we pray into it and get the interpretation. And it's actually a dream about their calling. And God showing them the powerful ministry that they're called to or something really unexpected. So the fear is really unnecessary. Not to mention, it, it just exposes a belief that we have about God. And here is the truth. This is how we remedy this mistake of being afraid and partnering with fear over our dreams. The truth is that, and if you have followed this podcast at all, you know we use this language, is that our dreams are love letters from him. That every single one of our dreams, when we learn to hone his voice and we learn his character better, we will find that there is a message from him in every single one. And the purpose of our dreams is actually to draw us closer to him. It is a communication from a father to a child saying, I want to be closer to you. I want to speak to you about your life and about my heart. So often scripture even says this, that fear is speaking of the fear of punishment. But perfect love casts out fear. So don't think of God as a punisher. That is not who he is. That's a religious spirit. That's a punishing spirit. That's a demonic spirit twisting and turning things so that you will not even look at that dream that has this hidden treasure in it. So this might take some practice for some of you to actually push through that barrier of fear when you first have a dream. But I really, I really challenge you to do that. There is so often uh, something we have to push through to get into what God really has for us, right? It's not always just dropped in our lap. There's usually something that we have to do to partner, to push through, to face a fear. And the enemy usually comes in our face to try and accuse us or cause us to fear when it's really important. And dreams are just that important. Okay, number two common mistake that we make. I can't emphasize this enough. We judge a book by its cover or a dream by its cover, if you will. We think that a dream is nonsense because we don't understand. It's our logical, rational, fleshly mind immediately after waking up being like, oh, I know what that means. It's nonsense. Mm. Oh, I'm just going to toss that. I was just, you know, watching that show last night. And so that's why that guy showed up in my dream or I was just processing my day. I can just toss that. That's one of the dreams that we toss. Actually, no. God will use any medium <laughs> to actually communicate or speak to us because he loves to connect and communicate. If a guy from the show you were watching that night last night shows up in your dream, God knows that you have a reference for him. What does he represent? 
what did you think about him in the show? What was his character like? Does that resonate with any person or experience you're having in life right now? It's so important that we are not in our pride thinking that we automatically know that something needs to get flushed or there could not be you know, any God sign in it. He calls us to be childlike and to walk in humility and to walk in hunger and awe of God. And that's when we have his secrets revealed to us is when we come in humble and recognize, okay, that was weird. But I believe that you are in this dream somehow, God. Will you show me? You want to connect with me even through that dream that I just assumed was something super crazy. Again, if you've been following this podcast, you know that I've had guests on here who've brought in dreams for interpretation that they almost threw away. My sister was one of them. She was in episode six, I believe, and she completely, I kept saying, Carrie, bring a dream on. We're going to interpret. She's like, I don't have any. No, bring a dream on. No, I don't actually have any. Finally, that the day of the recording, she's like, I, I, well, okay, fine. I have this one, but it's nothing. <laughs> and it ended up being really profound. So we cannot be judging a book by its cover, okay? And we just remedy this by being humble and being open to learn. Okay, number three is that we are so overwhelmed with the amount of dreams we're having, we don't even start. We don't even start with one. And a lot of you have a lot of dreams. And I definitely can have two or three a night sometimes. I try to write them all down. I try to write down what I can remember. But I, it's not about perfectionism. It's just getting down what you can get down. On that same note, God is not a taskmaster. So he's not over there going, well, I gave you 17 dreams last night. And I expect you to write each one of them down front to back. And then I expect a full report by the end of tomorrow on your interpretations. Of course, that's laughable, but how many of you actually feel that way inside? Uh-huh. Because we have parts of ourselves that treat us that way. Okay, God gave me this dream, or it might be God, and now it's up to me to figure it out. Eh, not up to you to figure it out. You are in a relationship with the giver of the revelation. So he knows exactly what he spoke to you in that dream, and he knows how to make sure you know it. We are entirely reliant on the Holy Spirit and his leading in this. So this is not something that is entirely on you. So the way to remedy is to actually remember who God is, <laughs> that he is leading you in this and that he wants to do it in relationship. Number four mistake that we make, and that is that we are too busy or we think we're too busy that we don't want to take the time because we have too much going on and there are so many other things we're thinking about during the day that I don't even have time in the morning to write it down and I certainly don't have time to actually sit and pray through it. The lie here is that there are more important things. Now, each of us get to decide what our priorities are, okay? I can't tell you that this has to be more important to you than it is. That is entirely up to you. But dreams are God's words and direction in our lives. This is a part of how we stay connected with him. This is a part of how he stays connected with us. And it's always the easiest thing to say, I don't have time for something, when it's really just about us making time. Now, this is not a condemnation, but this is a little bit of a nudge. Like, you have time. God actually used the hours that you were not producing and tasking to speak to you. Because he's really efficient. <laughs> he's very efficient. 
because your guard is down when you're sleeping and probably because he's trying to talk to you during the day and it's not always getting through because you got so many other things you're focused on. So he's actually speaking to you in your nighttime. He's maximizing the time that he has with you to speak to you. Will you respond by giving him some time to sit with the dream, to write the dream down? And I guarantee you, as you start to value this, even just writing the dream down, you have time to do it. It takes three minutes. It might even take less. It could take more depending on how much time you want to spend with it. But you do have the time. So the remedy is really just recognizing God has given you the time to sit with him and spend time and discern his word. Because that's what we're talking about with dreams. And number five. Oh. The mistake I make is that I'm immediately like, I don't know how to interpret this. This is impossible. I need to find somebody else to interpret this for me. Well, I understand, especially at the beginning, that it can feel that way because it can be just this jarbled, incohesive nonsense in moments. But you guys know, you know how much is actually in these dreams. And the more that you practice interpreting and the more that you practice with Holy Spirit, learning his language with you, the easier it's going to get. And the lie is that you don't know how to interpret them, but they were given to you. He knows how to speak a language that is going to make sense to your heart. You may have to learn some things for your mind, some structures and some tools for your mind so that it can help steer you in the right direction, but your heart is understanding these symbols to a degree. And it really just takes practice. In the same way as when you're getting to know a new friend or you're in a romantic relationship, you're learning the way that you guys communicate together. You're learning what they mean when they say that phrase or have that tone or when they use that kind of narrative or imagery often. You get to know that about a person the more you get to know them. At first, it can feel like it takes a little more decoding, but as you get closer and closer and grow in intimacy, it becomes easier. It becomes more immediate. You just understand. And I have been interpreting my own dreams for quite a long time. I'm still in a learning curve because there's always more to know, but I have enough foundation under my belt with God that a lot of my dreams, I know right away the key elements. I know right away kind of the tone or the foundation of it. And like I said, there's still some that I am figuring out and that I bring to other friends or that I really sit with the Holy Spirit on before I figure it out. But I have enough established because I've practiced, practiced practiced. And that means looking at as many of your dreams as possible. The Holy Spirit will show you which one is important in the moment if you're feeling overwhelmed, but just go with the one he's showing you and he is faithful to show you how to interpret it. If you are looking for more ways to practice and more kind of mentorship in this, I have just recently opened up a membership where you can actually join me for a two to two and a half hour Zoom call every month where we do live interpretation, I answer questions, I make space for you and the others to interpret each other's dreams. So you're growing in community. It is a place of exponential growth. If this is something that interests you, this begins on the 9th of September. I would absolutely love to have you a part of the group. I will put the link in the show notes and Honestly, there's just nothing like learning and growing in community. It just does something 
that it's not the same when you're on your own. There's such a value to interpreting on your own and learning God's voice in that way, just one-on-one, but there's something altogether different that happens in community. So it is something I invite all of you to. I am also really looking forward to some new series that we have happening here as we transition into a new month, into September and into fall, and even leading up to Christmas. I have some fun things planned, but as we go into September, we're going to start digging a little deeper when it comes to what does it mean to be in the deep? Margo, you use this language all the time. When you talk about breathing underwater and you talk about the deep things of God and being in the deep, what does that even mean? And it can feel really abstract, and to some degree it is, but there are some constraints that Scripture shows us and that I feel the Holy Spirit has revealed to me to help us have some structure on this to know a little bit more where we're going. As an example, we can be mining the depths of God, and that is the deep. We are mining the deep and hidden things of the Spirit, and that's a different kind of space. And we can be talking about the deep soul things in us and these deep ancient things in us. And that again is a different space, but all of it is involved in in the deep. So look forward to more thoughts on that. And of course, live interpretations and guests and examples of dreams. It's going to be so much fun. I really look forward to it. And until next time, as always, happy, happy dreaming.